Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Joshua? The book of Joshua chapter 3. I believe that I have a word from the Lord for you today. And, and I don't say that lightly. I don't say that flippantly. For some of you, a long drought is about to end. The delays are over. A new season is beginning. It's a season of advancement. You've been held back long enough. It's a season of possessing the land. It's a season of inheriting the blessing that has long been promised to you. It's not an end to every challenge, but it's time to break through to another level. It's time for advancement. So you need to prepare yourself for what God is going to do. Now, how do we prepare ourselves for a breakthrough? How do we prepare ourselves for an advancement that God has ordained? Well, let's look at the life of Joshua, and we'll see that. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shechem and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. The King James Version says, sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Look to the person next to you and say, sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord's going to do wonders among you. I thought it was ironic when the Lord laid this verse on my heart to preach about sanctifying yourself. And that was the word that he put on my heart. And as I looked it up and thought of it, I realized that it was a portion of scripture that Pastor Joe was associated with the portion of scripture he shared last week. Here is the background. Moses, God's servant, is dead. And Joshua is about to lead the people to cross the Jordan And move into their promised land. Have you ever had those deja vu moments? Have any of you ever had them? We're like, I've been here before. I've seen this before. I've experienced something like this before. I've faced this test before. Well, there are numerous similarities between the life of Moses and the life of Joshua. Moses sent out 12 spies, and 10 came back with what kind of report? A negative report, a bad report. Joshua, he said, I've been here before. Joshua sends out, he doesn't send out 12 spies. Do you know how many spies Joshua sent out? He sent out two spies. The other time, two came back with a good report. So Joshua just goes ahead, and he sends out two spies to spy out the land. And they came back with a good report. I wish that somebody would learn from what you've been through before. 
I wish that somebody would learn from what you've been through before. I wish that somebody would learn from what you've seen before. Come on now. Joshua, he'd been there. He had walked around with Moses and the Israelites for 40 years. He learned his lesson. And so as he comes up to this encounter, this experience, a lot of us, we've been there before. And what do we do? We do the same thing we did before. And you get the same stinking result that you got before. We've seen others experience difficulties or we've seen them go through something and it didn't work out. And so instead of learning from what we've seen, sometimes we just go ahead and repeat the same thing. Well, I feel like I've been at this test before. Am I talking to anybody? I feel like I've been around this mountain before. I feel like I've faced this test before. Well, let's pass it this time. All right, let's pass it. Let's not keep failing the test. Let's learn from what we've been through before. If it didn't work the past 15 times, it's probably not going to work this time. Okay? If it didn't make it last time, no matter how many times you try doing it that old way, it probably is not going to work. The Red Sea stood before Moses and the Israelites. And the Jordan River at flood stage stood between Joshua and the promised land. God parted the Red Sea for Moses, and they went through on dry ground. Now, what would God do for Joshua? I want to say this to you. God's delivered you before. He's came through. He's provided for you before. He's met you before. He's given you an answer before. He's strengthened you before. So what will he do this time? Is he going to start failing you now? No, absolutely not. What would God do for them? Well... What would he do for Joshua? Well, they had moved and camped three days beside the Jordan River when instructions came. The instruction was this. When you see the Ark of the Covenant and the priests carrying it, you are to move out of your position and you're to follow it. Now, we know that the Ark represented the presence of God that was in the midst of the camp. It was placed right in the center of the camp. When God wanted them to move, God told them to move. He showed them how to move. When God wanted them to move, he would have a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And when it was time to move, the pillar would move. And so it was very simple. Whenever the pillar of fire or the pillar of cloud moves, you just know it's time to get up. You don't worry about it. You don't stress about it. You don't get anxious about it. You know when the cloud or the pillar of fire moved, that's when it was time to move. And when it stopped, that's when it was time to stop. Then it would come to rest over the ark. So they learned to follow and to keep their eyes upon the Lord. Now they're moving into a new territory. It's uncharted land. But listen, it's the same principle. They've been prepared for this. Keep your eyes on the ark. The ark represents God's manifest presence. When it moves, you move with it. When it stops, you stop. Why did God want them to follow the priest with the ark? Why did he want them to do that? Because they had never been this way before. When they followed the priest and the ark, they would know which way to go. They would know when it's time to move out. They would know when it's time to stop. They would know which way to turn. 
Let me ask you a question. Is the Lord leading you into some uncharted territory that you've never experienced before? That's okay. Just follow the ark. Follow his presence and God will show you which way to go. He'll show you when to move. He'll show you when to stop. He'll show you. He will lead you. He will not forsake you. Notice in verse 4 that he says, But keep a distance between you and the ark of about 2,000 cubits. That is about six-tenths of a mile. Okay? He's telling them to stay back. 2,000 cubits. There could be several reasons for that. One could be so that we do not treat the sacred and holy things as common or with contempt. We don't take them for granted. That could be one of the things, and I I think that's a, a good idea. The second could be simply logistics. God wanted the ark to be distinctly visible to the entire camp. And if people crowded in around there, that many people, a part of the camp, could not see what God was doing and would have a difficulty in following the direction that the Lord offered to them. That thought would be that they wanted the ark to serve as a guide to the entire camp that everybody could clearly see it and everybody could clearly follow it. The third possible reason was so that the people did not become presumptuous and get ahead of God and the leadership that he had established. Sometimes whenever we get an idea and we think we know what God wants us to do or the way that God is moving, sometimes we don't want to just jump in there and take off and run ahead of God and what God's plans are. Kind of usurp authority or usurp some form of knowledge that we think we have when we really don't know what God is doing. And and so God said in essence to them, you make sure that you stay back, that you separate yourself and that you follow the leadership that I have established. It's not about your agenda or your ideas. It's about waiting upon the Lord and hearing what he would say. As I said, they were to stay back six tenths of a mile And they were not to rush ahead. And then the next verse, verse 5, and this is kind of our main thing here. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. That's our title today is Sanctify Yourself. That's the thrust of this portion of Scripture as I look at it. The word sanctify and make holy are the same. In both Testaments, the meaning is essentially to be set apart, separate, set apart unto God. Joshua was telling the people, tomorrow God is going to do something marvelous in your midst. He's going to do something extraordinary in your midst. God's going to show up big time tomorrow. So because of that, prepare yourselves by devoting yourself to the Lord. Devote yourself to the Lord in preparation for what God wants to do, for how he wants to prove himself. Could it be this? Could it be that when we sanctify ourselves, it creates an atmosphere where miracles can take place? For a long time, they've been walking around in circles. They were pretty good at that. They were experienced at that. 
there needed to be something that changed, something that took place to bring about God's desired end for their lives. And part of it is this idea of preparing themselves. There are some things that are not going to happen until you prepare yourself by setting yourself apart for God's use. I want to say that again. There are some promises that God has made for you. Some things that he wants to do in your life and in your midst that he can't do sometimes, that the answer is held back until you have prepared yourself. There's a lot of preparation for what God wants to do. There's times that we just want God to come in and do this and do that, but there's times where, to be honest with you, for God to do that, the ground has to be prepared. Your heart has to be prepared. The soil of your life needs to be prepared so that what God is trying to do and what he wants to accomplish in our life is not wasted or squandered. In one sense, the process of sanctification is a work that God does in us, okay? Because you'll notice that he said, sanctify yourself. So now there's this one sense that sanctification, it's a work that God does. Because some people want to lay back and say, well, if God wants to sanctify me, go ahead. You know, it's kind of like your kids saying, well, if, if someone wants my room clean, go ahead. No, there's some things that you've got to do for your room, okay? There's some responsibilities that you have. 1 Corinthians 1.30 said, It is because of him that you're in Christ, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Hebrews 10.10, it says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That's from the King James Version, the one I read. Yet in another sense, we have a part to play in our own sanctification. We can't sanctify ourselves apart from God. But I want to say this to you. God can't sanctify you apart from you allowing Him and yielding yourself to His Spirit. Okay, He may want to sanctify you. He may want to do a work in your life. But you and I are called to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We're to cooperate with Him. The Bible says that we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. 1 Peter 1.5 says, But as he who hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 says, It's God's will that you be sanctified. That's God's will. You don't have to question that. It's God's will that you be sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that's holy and honorable, not in passionate lusts like the pagans who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. So the principle is this, that God's the one who sanctifies us, but we cooperate with him. And in this thing, he says, you need to sanctify yourself. You need to set yourself apart for God because he wants to do wonders among you. So do you understand that? Can I say this to you today? This is a word in due season. 
for somebody, God wants to show you wonders. But for him to do that, you need to sanctify yourself. You need to set yourself apart unto God. Dedicate yourself unto the Lord so that he can do that work in you and through you and for you. We sanctify ourselves by separating ourselves from every known sin. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 16 says this. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, I know today that's not cool, that's not hip-type preaching, but the Bible says that there's some things that you and I need to come out from among them. There's some things that you don't need to be participating in. There's some things that you don't need to be touching. There's some things that you don't need to be involved in because you have been set apart to God. He has good for you. He has plans for you. As I said, there's some people who need to come out. They need to turn away from sinful behavior, and they need to quit deceiving themselves. This is another one of those words from God. Just mark it down. This is a word from God. They are not going to see God's glory if they continue in sin. What they can expect is another trip around the desert. If you're getting tired of walking around the desert and going through cycle after cycle after cycle of defeat, you need to say no to ungodliness. You need to do something different today than what you've done in the past. There's some things that you don't need any part in. Brother, you're holy. You belong to God. He's got plans for you. He's set you apart for his purposes, for his plans, for his honor, for his glory. And as long as you keep going back and staying in those things, you will die walking around in the desert. But that's not what God has for you. He's got a promised land. He's got greater things for you. But if you sanctify yourself, if you set yourself apart to God, you'll see him do wonders. I believe that tomorrow thing. I believe it's soon. It's not God going to do wonders for you 38 years from now when you're on your deathbed, okay? I believe that God wants to do wonders for some folks. He's saying, as soon as you sanctify yourself, as soon as you prepare your heart, as soon as you set yourself apart for me and get yourself ready, I'm going to do wonders in your midst. The second thing, we sanctify ourselves by immersing ourselves in the word. John 17, 16 says, they're not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Ephesians 5, 25 says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. You've heard it a thousand times that faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. So the more you immerse yourself in the word, the more faith you'll have, the more your faith will grow. When you've been in the word and a situation arises, 
When you've immersed yourself in the word and a situation arises, what comes out is the word. What comes out is the thoughts of God, the mind of Christ, the will of God. God's response comes out of you. When you've been immersed in the word and it's saturating your being and it's what you're listening to, it's what you're reading, it's what's filling your mind, what comes out of your mouth, your response, the response is what God's heart is. It's his mind. It's his will. Now, if you've been sitting around listening to music, secular music all day for like 12 hours a day, you know, you, when you get on the road, you know that you can't drive 55. You know what I mean? All of these other thoughts come out of our mind whenever situations arise. But when you've been immersed in the word, that's what comes out. God's thoughts, his opinions, his truth comes out. And his truth is what sets people free. You cannot sanctify yourself apart from the word. But you will see that as you spend time in the word, that his word comes alive and it accomplishes the purposes for which it was sent in your life. I started with the app this year to go through the Bible and already in James. And it's amazing how your thinking changes when you're in the word. It's amazing how your response changes. It's amazing how your outlook changes when you're in the Word. I want to encourage you, make sure that you're in the Word. Third thing, we sanctify ourselves by yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, Joshua said to the priest, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. And Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you'll know that the living God is among you, and that he'll certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See... The ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now they had to keep their eyes on it. Now then you choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priest who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing stream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan... The priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. The work of sanctification is carried on in the heart of the believer by the cooperation of the human and the divine. Man works and God works. God in his dealing with man recognizes you and I 
as free agents, capable of receiving or rejecting his grace. Man is not passive. Man's active and seeing the will of God, the plans of God fulfilled in the earth. He told us to take dominion. Man can yield to the influence of God's spirit or he can resist the Holy Spirit. Today, the Holy Spirit's speaking to the church. And I'll tell you what I believe he's saying. He's saying, sanctify yourself because I want to do great things in your midst. I want to display for you my glory. I want to answer your prayers. I want you to see that there's a God in Israel. I want you to see and know that as I was with Moses, I'm with Joshua. And God would say to you today, as I've been with you in the times past, I'm with you today. He made a promise that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. The days of miracles are not over. The days of God speaking are not over. The days of deliverance are not over. The days of breakthrough are not over. Your best days, my friend, no matter how old you are, are not behind you. Your best days that God has for you are just around the corner. And it's time for you to do your part. There's a clear word from the Lord today. And it's sanctify yourself. How that works itself out in our lives is different for each of us. It looks a little different. For some of you, it's putting something down. For some of you, it's picking something up. For some of you, it's worshiping. For some of you, it's kneeling. It looks different for each of us. Lord, we lift up our hands to you as an act of surrender. We ask you, Lord, to prepare our hearts for the good things that you have in store for us. Lord, we surrender our will. We surrender our desires. We surrender the authority of our lives. We surrender our plans to you. And we give them up to you. We want to prepare our hearts, Lord, for the work that you want to do in our lives. Lord, we're tired of failing some of the same test. We're tired of coming around the mountain again. And we're ready for a breakthrough. And so, Lord, to receive that breakthrough, we sanctify ourselves. We set ourselves apart for your purposes and your plans in our lives. If there is anything, I want you to pray pray this with me. Lord Jesus, if there's anything in my life that keeps me back from you, that hinders me in any way or any form, I invite you to speak to me about that. Make it clear to me. I surrender it to you. I yield it to you. I will not hold on to it any longer. I renounce the works of the flesh. And I allow the Spirit of God to do His work inside of me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as you've prayed that, this is what I believe. I believe that the Holy Spirit will bring, as you pray that, I believe that the Holy Spirit will bring things to your mind. It's not your responsibility to change everything. Your responsibility is to surrender that to the Lord. Lord, I yield that to you. I submit that fear to you. I submit that worry to you. I submit that anxiety, that habit to you, Lord. I give it to you and I set myself 
apart for your purposes. Now, Lord, I pray that as they make that effort to sanctify themselves, I'm asking that as they just determine in their heart, Lord, I separate myself from the things of this world. I separate myself from my flesh wanting to do its own thing. And I yield myself to the Holy Spirit. I pray that as they do that, I pray, Father, that in Jesus' name, that you would supernaturally and powerfully begin to change their hearts. That their desires begin to change. That their will begins to change. That they have an understanding in their brain and in their mind that says, that's not worked yet. I pray for spiritual lights to come on in their minds. And I pray, Father, that in Jesus' name, that those things that have hindered them, that they would lose all power. Now, Lord, I pray this also. Your word says, your word said very clearly, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. I pray for that motivation that we need to see the amazing things. Lord, I pray. I pray for the amazing things that your people desperately need to see. Lord, we pray for those breakthroughs, the amazing things of seeing our kids come to you, the amazing things of seeing depression lifted off the people, the amazing miracles of seeing healings in people's bodies and restoration of relationships. And Lord, people who are depressed and heavy having a garment of praise put upon them. Lord, seeing burdens lifted off of people and prayers that have long been delayed answered. We pray for those amazing things. And so, Lord, I don't know if they're going to sanctify themselves, but I determine today in the name of Jesus that I'm going to sanctify myself. I'm going to dedicate myself, Lord, to see those amazing things taking place in our church and in our lives. So, Lord, if there's anything that's holding us back, if there's anything that's hindering us, we pray that you would bring it to our attention, Lord. And, Lord, we pray that you would honor the prayers and the faithfulness of your saints, God. Let the Lord do wonders and let the Lord be glorified in our midst. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.